1: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. What better place to start than in Montreal... Canadians get shut out by the Blackhawks 2-0, but the story is Marc-Andre Fleury as he picks up the win, number 500 of his National Hockey League career. He stays at number three all time. Next up will be Patrick Waugh, who I think he could possibly pass. Nobody's going to touch... Certainly Marty Brodeur, but the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury was able to get to 500, pretty cool. And a great scene, too, at the Bell Center. The Canadian fans haven't had a lot to cheer for, but they were chanting Fleury's name. And they they appreciate, A, a great accomplishment when they see one, and B, a French-Canadian player doing it in Montreal. So even though Fleury never played for the Canadians, still a French-Canadian goaltender, doing something like that in Montreal pretty special I'm glad the fans were able to acknowledge that so you know Chicago's not going anywhere Montreal's not going anywhere But the fact that there was a special moment there in Montreal, I thought was pretty cool. Also, Patrick, uh, uh, Jonathan Taves scores a goal for the first time this year. He had not scored since March 5th of 2020. Of course, held out all of last year because of injury. Didn't score in the first, what, 25 games of this season. Finally scores a goal. We're seeing the tail end here of an outstanding career. A Marc Messier light, if you will. Just because of how he played the game, captain for three uh, championships, a con Smythe Trophy winner, um, but we're seeing the tail end of a career. I'm glad he was able to score on Mark Andre Fleury's night, and this is not a Chicago moment because Mark Andre Fleury won his cups with Pittsburgh and you know had his moments in Vegas, but you know p- finishing out his career in Chicago and getting that 500th win was pretty pretty special. Uh, Lightning pick up their 17th win. They win in Toronto against the Maple Leafs five to three and Palat scores a goal. He now has eight on the season, and he also scores his ninth goal as well, I should mention. So when you're getting... um Nine goals out of Andre Palat. That's uh, that's pretty good stuff for Tampa. And uh, Toronto slowing down just a tad, but they get a couple of Kasha goals. He now has eight on the season as well, so the Lightning pick up a win there. Ducks stay hot. They win in a shootout over the Blue Jackets by the final score of 2-1. to one. Islanders, this is a tough one. And, you know, the Islanders were starting to gain a little traction, right? They had three straight games in which they earned a point. Finally got off the schneid against Ottawa, winning a game in Ottawa to break their 11-game losing streak. It was at eight, uh, 0-8-3 in that span. And then last night, it looked like they were going to make it two in a row and start finding some traction. Michael K asked me on the Michael K Show, do you think the Islanders are going to make the playoffs? And I said, yeah, there's still plenty of time. This is still a good team. They're not going to win the division. They're probably going to have to settle for a wild card, but I still think there's something there for this team, but eventually they're going to have to start to get hot. Noah Dobson scores five minutes in to the third period to give the Islanders a three-two lead. So you're thinking, all right, this is going to be two in a row, and here we go. And it just doesn't work out. Um, Trennan gets his fourth with about seven and a half to go to tie the game, but then the killer. Solvanian gets a goal with 12 seconds left in regulation. You're that close to having a fifth consecutive game with at least a point and then to lose it, to lose it in regulation. It's just got to be tough on those players. I don't know what Lou's going to do. I don't know what kind of deal he's going to make. He's going to have to make a deal because, you know, this team is just not scoring enough goals. But, you know, last night you score three, and in a Lou lamarolo barry uh, Trot system That should be enough to be able to win a game at home. Give Nashville credit. They've been very good. I'm going to call their game on Sunday at the Garden, and I've already called a game that the uh, Rangers beat them in Nashville earlier this season, but they're having a good year in an open central division. But uh, it's just tough loss in regulation. They dropped to 11 and five, and still have yet to win a game at the new UBS Arena. Uh, Blues knock off the Red Wings six to two. So things starting to settle down for Detroit. Couple of losses in a row for them. Uh, great game in Carolina, or great game in Calgary, excuse me. As uh, Hurricanes win over the Flames. The final score there was two to one in overtime. Hurricanes beat the Flames two to one in overtime. Sebastian Ajo's second goal of the game wins it with less than a minute to go in overtime for Carolina as they get off the schneid what's going on with the Edmonton Oilers they continue to struggle another loss for them in regulation they fall to the Bruins three to two Grizzly gets the goal late in the third period to snap the 2-2 tie as at least Dreisaitl had a couple of goals and McDavid a couple of points but things kind of slowing down for the Edmonton Oilers there Jets shut out the Kraken, 3-0. Hullabuck gets the shutout. The Kings cool off the Stars. Stars had gotten cooled off the night before, losing in Vegas, and it was a tremendous comeback for Vegas. They were down 4-2, scored a quick three goals to win that game to snap the uh, Dallas Stars' winning streak, and now they go back-to-back days in Los Angeles and lose 4-0 there. And the Wild just continue to impress with a 5-2 win over the San Jose, Sharks. Um, Erickson Eck now has uh, 11 goals on the season and um, Kaprizov has 10 so Talbot continuing to play well for them as it's just been unreal right now what's going on with the Minnesota Wild as they've won eight consecutive games, now the best record in the National Hockey League. So while we're talking about records and while we're talking about standings, why don't we give Friday's top five? Don LaGreca's Friday top five. Yeah! All right, let's welcome in the New York Rangers into the top five, shall we? Why not? Number five. I know they were absolutely crushed by Colorado 7-3 to three the other night, but that was a tough spot Of the rangers you hate to make excuses but let's face it there were excuses in this one play in chicago then have to travel lose an hour against an avalanche team that is just unbelievable scoring goals averaging over four goals a game and because of georgiev's mental state and still trying to get his bearings being a number one while they're waiting for shesterkin to come back they start adam huska's first national hockey league start and it wasn't all on him but he wasn't going to steal any wins but the Rangers still have been unbelievable. Plus 11 goal differential, won eight of their last 10. They've scored a power play goal, five consecutive games, six of their last seven. And they're getting everything except Mika Zibanejad. Hasn't scored in 14 straight, but Panarin has been outstanding. Kreider leads the team in goals. Fox has been tremendous. I mean, there's just so much to say about the New York Rangers. And for the first time in quite a while, they find themselves in the top five. Number four. Let's welcome in the Tampa Bay Lightning, shall we? They have won eight of their last ten points in nine of their last ten. They have won five in a row. And they're the defending Stanley Cup champions that are still kind of lurking. They're the fourth-best team in the NHL with 38 points and a three-way tie with Washington and Florida. But they've just been amazing. They've been impressive on the road, 9-2-2. Not too shabby at home either at 8-3-2. Tampa, I have at number four number three. Number three, we're going to go with the Washington Capitals. The Capitals have won a couple of games in a row, plus 27 goal differential. They've only lost one game in regulation at home, although four in overtime in the shootout, but still 9-1-4 and four at home. Not bad. So, the Washington Capitals, who just don't have to rely on Ovechkin every single night, still are going to get healthier as they get deeper into the season. Still holding on, despite having good runs from Carolina and the Rangers this year, and the Capitals still Still in first place in the Metropolitan Division, and I have them at number three. Number two, well, the Florida Panthers are still hanging at number two, stolen the one regulation loss at home, seven two and one in their last ten. Now they've been spotting teams' leads left and right, but they're finding ways to come back as well. Is Barkoff in the lineup? Is he not in the lineup? They're getting great goaltending. Florida is number two. Number one. Yeah. And to really nobody's surprise at all, the Minnesota Wild have just been crazy. Plus 27 goal differential is tied for best in the league with Calgary, with Washington. And they have been spectacular with eight consecutive wins. Eight, one, and one in their last 10. They've lost just two games at home all year. They're 10, two, and oh. Only Florida has done better at home. Well coached team. Everything is just coming together for them in the division they should win walking away. So I've got the Minnesota Wild at number one.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All
1: right, little news and note here. Um, what's going on with the Arizona Coyotes? I guess Gary Bettman spoke and talked about how they are they're moving. They're just going to move someplace else in Arizona. I know there's a lot of people that feel like they should pull the plug on the Coyotes. They're awful. They're the worst team in the NHL. They've got a bad arena situation. It's going to be at least three years before they're going to be able to move into a new building in downtown. So it's going to be an embarrassing three or four years when they're playing over at Chase Field on the baseball diamond, or if they're going to be playing where the old Roadrunners played back in the day in a small arena that was built in the 50s. But I have never seen anyone in sports more committed to keeping a team someplace than the NHL has been committed to keeping the Coyotes in Arizona. And think about it. If you go back to when the Winnipeg Jets formed in the old WHA in 1972-73, if you count that time when they were in the WHA and then eventually merged with the NHL in 1980, the Coyotes have been in Arizona longer than they were in Winnipeg. So it's been 25 years. It has not been a great 25 years. It started out well. It has not looked good. They've only had one run in the history of Arizona, and that was when they went to the conference final in 2012. But they're committed. They're not going anywhere. If they are going to go someplace, it would probably be Houston, not to Quebec City. We've talked about with EJ Raddock, Ottawa would probably be the team that would end up going there. But forget about how lousy they played, forget about attendance, forget about whatever news you hear about when the new building is going to be done and where are they going to play in the meantime. The NHL is committed to Arizona and looks like that's where they're going to stay. Not for the time being, but I think forever. All right, let's hear from you to close out the week at on LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Let's go to Paul, who says, after watching Georgiev this week, I think maybe a few teams would call interested in a trade, and I'd listen, but after seeing Huska, I think I'd just hang up the phone. Well, let's relax, because Kincaid has been called up. Huska was just up briefly because of the whole COVID thing in Hartford, so... They have Kincaid, who's an NHL goaltender. He's played with New Jersey, He played games last year, played well. He could be the backup. So if Georgiev gets hot and stays hot, and then Igor Shesterkin comes back from this injury, he'll be eligible to come back on Sunday. Doesn't mean he's going to play on Sunday, but he's eligible to come off the IR on Sunday. Kincaid can be your backup goaltender if you get blown away by a deal from somebody. Do not hang up the phone on a trade for Georgiev just based on how Huska played. How do you say that name, by the way? Is it Huska? <laughs> now the whole story behind is it Huska. The whole story behind that is Huska is the way it is pronounced in Slovakia. When he came to the United States, he wanted it pronounced and he wanted it Americanized, so it's Huska. Remember, he was a seventh-round pick, 24 years old, didn't get his first sniff until uh, the the game uh, earlier in the week. He is uh, not the future of the Rangers, um, but we'll have to wait and see. But Kincaid can be the backup if you can trade your giveaway. Johnny says, do the Islanders need a new system? Barzell and Beauvillier were on fire under the weight system. I know they need to play defense also, but they can't seem to do either right now anyway. I went with this when Lou Lamarillo was the Devils coach. Defense comes first, and you're going to have to live with droughts offensively. It was frustrating watching. Listen, the Devils won cups with Jacques Lemaire, but it would be frustrating when Christophe Oliva would be on the ice with three minutes to go in regulation down a goal. It's just something you kind of have to live with. But some of this is on Barzell and Bovillier as well. We've seen them excel under a Barry Trant system, okay? So I'm not going to get all crazy and all of a sudden Barry's not the answer. They do have the excuses with the COVID, with the road games and all that. They are going to need some offense. Clearly, Chara and, and Parisi are not the answer. Neither was Palmieri so far this year. But let's give it a little bit more time. But uh, I don't think any coaching change is going to be coming anytime soon. Yankees and Penguins says, Hi, Don. Do you think that coaches like Dave Tippett and or Lindy Ruff could be in trouble based on the current trajectories of their respective teams? I don't see a coaching change happening in either place anytime soon. I think we're going to kind of just settle down and wait to see what happens here. Now, with the Devils situation... They seem committed to Lindy Ruff. We have to remember just how young this team is. And young teams are going to make mistakes. And I'm still not completely in love with their goaltending either. So I I think we're going to have to just wait a little bit longer to see if Lindy Ruff is going to be let go. I I think they believe in him. I think he is going to be someone that is going to be there for a long time. And I, I I don't know what you say about what's going on with Tippett. Um, he's been a good coach for a long time. They're in a little bit of a struggle right now, but I, I think he's the right guy for what Edmonton's doing. Now, you want to, you want if you think that the Edmonton Oilers are a Stanley Cup team... And you're disappointed in this uh, four game losing streak and playing 500 over the last 10, and want to panic and pull the plug? Be my guest. I think Tippett's a good coach. He has not been a significant winner in this league. Um, He had success in Dallas. I believe, I'd have to go back and check, I believe he was the coach when they went to the conference final in 2012. I, I could be wrong about that. I'd have to look it up and just see. But he's he's had his moments. I'm not making any kind of coaching changes in Edmonton or in New Jersey. But if I have to guess which one would get let go first, might be Lindy in New Jersey. But I am not going to commit to either one being let go. JJ says, hey, Don, do you think the Blackhawks can actually make the playoffs after seeing them a couple of times recently? Is their recent success directly a result of the coaching change? I don't think they're a playoff team. All right. But they are better under Derek King than they were under Colleton. Um, talking to some people around the Blackhawks, their communication level is better between the two, the coaches and the players. There's a lot of problems in Chicago. Taves certainly is a problem. Goaltending has certainly been a problem. I'm not really in love with their blue line. They're trying to work in some kids. There's not a coaching problem there in Chicago right now with Derrick King. And I believe if they continue on the path they're going, the interim tag will be taken off of him, and he will then become the permanent head coach. But they absolutely have raved about what he's done recently, but I don't think it's going to be enough for them to be able to make the playoffs. If you take a look at the standings right now, uh, trying to make the playoffs is going to be difficult in that Western Conference. Chicago right now sits with um, a grand total of... 22 points um the second wild card is vegas with 30 all right now chicago's played 26 games that's one more than vegas that's uh a few more than colorado three to be exact um the same as winnipeg that's sitting with 30 points it's a nice spurt they're on and they will play better and i think king deserves to get a contract but i don't think it's going to be enough for them to be able to make the playoffs All right, I'm going to have the call tonight in Buffalo against the Sabres and on Sunday at home against the Nashville Predators. So I'll be on that. The game tonight will be on 1050 if you're here locally. And if you're going to be listening on Sunday, it'll be after the Jet game on 98.7 ESPN New York. Here's a little tip. I found this out doing the pre and post when I um, uh, when I'm home and I go into the kitchen from doing it downstairs and I'm going to have dinner with the family and listen to the game. If you have an Alexa, say Alexa play New York Rangers on Sirius XM, whoop, pops up. And you know what? If it works for the Rangers, it probably works for all the other teams in the league, too. So if you have an Alexa, or you have some you know, way in which you kind of request your computer to play sound, and you have Sirius XM, hey, Sirius XM, play Avalanche. Yeah! Play Winnipeg Jets. Yeah! Play with yourself. Anything. Whatever you want to do. I'm sure Alexa can help you out with all of that. All right. We had some fun. All right. Here's the lay of the land as we're getting closer to the holiday season. I will not be able to do the show on Monday. I got a lot going on on Monday. And then I'm going to be taking some vacation and all that. So what I'm going to do is on Wednesday, Wednesday, December 15th, we're going to have a big blowout, game misconduct. I'm going to try to get EJ Raddick, do an extensive... Pod on Wednesday, and then we'll shut it down till after the first of the year. That's awesome, dude. Well, it's not awesome that I'm going to be gone till after, after the first of the year, Anthony. That wasn't Fix nice. That. But it will be nice to get a little bit of a break. And rather than having a Jekyll and Hyde, do we have a podcast? Don't we have a podcast? We're going to do a big one on uh, Wednesday, the 15th, and we will recap the 21 portion of the 21 22 season and move forward from there. So. <laughs> Back with you again on Wednesday. We'll have some fun. You want to get in touch with me. In the meantime, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. We will talk to you then. This was the Friday edition. How about that of game misconduct? This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.